0: ironically, um, the title of today's message, the title of today's message is a long sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it is. It really is. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to do my darndest to make it not a long sermon and just let that be the title. How about that? How about that? Um, Open your Bibles. Here we go. I am watching the clock. I am watching it. We're going to Acts chapter twenty. Kids, do you have your Bibles? Um, no. Okay. Well, you got your clipboards. There's there's some words on there. Uh, now she said, "Don't yell bingo," but I will accept a blackout. If you have blackout, you can yell blackout. All right. All right. <clears throat> okay. We're going to get to the story of Eutychus here in a second. We are on Paul's third missionary journey. Um, And he has been going all over. I'm going to skip verses in chapter 20. I'm going to skip verses 1 through 6 because it talks about several places he goes and a bunch of the people that he's traveling with but not a whole lot of storyline, except that there was another plot formed against him in, in one of the towns, and that was just normal because people got upset about the gospel. And so he leaves Macedonia, now he's back to Troas. Troas is on your sheet, I'm pretty sure. Um, so Troas, that's a city. And so they're on their way to Troas, and that's where um, they they take Luke again, Luke. Joins the team again. Luke has been gone doing his own thing for a little bit, but he's back now, and they're going to Troas, and it says they're going to stay in Troas for seven days, and then we pick up in verse seven. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message Until midnight. Yeah, buddy. That guy had some words to say. All right. Uh, Verse 8 says, there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Lamps is another one of your words. You got that one? And there was a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill, sinking into a deep sleep and as Paul kept on talking, he was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and fell upon him, and after embracing him, he said, <laughs> that's just, he said, do not be troubled, for his life is in him. And when he had gone back up, And had broken bread and eaten, he talked with them a long while until daybreak and then left. They took away the boy alive and were greatly comforted. Lord, we ask that you would teach us something in your word today. That we would learn something new about you and you would work in our hearts as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So verse 7 says that it's the first day of the week. So so Paul and Luke and and his traveling companions got to Troas um, on probably a Monday or Tuesday. They're going to be there for seven days, and now we've gone the whole week, and it's the last time they're getting together. It's the last time that Paul's going to preach with or, or talk to and teach these believers in Troas. And so he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to say. And it says he prolonged his message <clears throat> maybe it was a farewell message maybe he just he had he felt the pressure of of this is the only chance i got i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave for a while and i got a lot of things to say and so i got to fit it all in it says it just says it plainly he made it a long message he thought to himself you know i've got until midnight at least i'm just going to keep going i'm just going maybe that okay other places in the world this is much more normal church in fact we have another church that meets here in the afternoons uh, the New Hope uh, Marshallese New Hope congregation they meet here and their service is significantly longer than than our service um, it's it's awesome that they can have a place where they're not constrained by time limits but but if you go somewhere else say Papua New Guinea or Guatemala or some somewhere else man they when they have church they kind of start around a certain time maybe not on time. They start when everybody's there, and, and they'll go for hours and hours and hours. Some cultures, it is an all-day thing every Sunday. You stop and eat some food, and then you go back to church. Somebody else is sharing a message. Somebody else is leading worship, and, and that's what they do. Um, so we're used to an hour 15, hour 20. Like, that's that's tops hour 20. I've gone over time, and now you're falling asleep because I've talked too long, Right? No, you're not falling asleep. Okay. So Paul's trying to fit it all in. He's going for it. Verse 8 says, it got dark, and they had lots of lamps in the room. And then verse 9 says, there's a boy or a young man named Eutychus. Eutychus is a Greek name, and it means good fortune or well done. And I, it's... Somewhat ironic that that uh, he's the guy that falls out the window. Um, you know, everybody's running down and saying, "Well done, well done!" Right? Uh, no, that was not not a great thing for him to do. Um, but he he probably between fourteen and nineteen years old, because um, in Jewish in Jewish culture, a man a boy became a man when he was twenty. But um, in in Greek, it was probably a little bit a little bit younger, so somewhere between 14, 19 years old, and he fell asleep, and so he he falls out. Paul went down, and... uh, um, Sorry, I I skipped something. Um, Oh, yeah. Paul was going on and on, Poor Eutychus. There was no Starbucks uh, nearby, and he did not have his caffeine stimulant, and he, so he fell asleep and fell out the third-story window. Yeah. Can somebody say, whoops? <laughs> whoops. He fell out. Imagine, I, imagine like, with a fall like that, you know he woke up, like, as soon as he left the ledge. He, w- he woke up on the way down. That's terrifying. That's what dreams are made of, bad dreams are made of. Uh, three stories down. They pick him up. He did not survive that. There's no chance. He's dead. So they they probably pulled him inside to, to the courtyard of this house. That's how the houses were built around a central court, courtyard and probably pulled him in, maybe put him on a couch or something. Everybody's all worked up because the guy just died, right? And, and it probably didn't look pretty either. Um, and uh, And so Paul in verse 10, pauses his message. You know, how, how gracious of him. He stops talking for a minute. And he goes down from the third story, and he goes down to see what the situation was. I don't know if he saw him tumble out the window, or, you know, he was behind some other people. And it, and it says he lay himself out on the boy. Uh... And this happened in the Old Testament. Elisha, the prophet, did this uh, when there was a young man that died. And it says he laid out, put his hands on his hands and his eyes on his eyes, and his his you know just right on on the young man. And then he he uh, we assume that he prays for him, and but he's listening to the Holy Spirit, and this is what he sees the Holy Spirit doing. And so he does that, and then he gets up and he simply says, "Don't." Don't be troubled. His life is in him. And it doesn't say right here that the boy got up right away. It doesn't say that, that everything was fine, that all the ugliness from the fall was, was just gone right away. It doesn't say that. It just says, don't worry. His life is in him. And then Paul is apparently satisfied with that, and he just goes back upstairs uh, and serves communion, and then they have a meal because we still have more hours of preaching to do. Somebody say midnight snack. Jesus snacks. Yeah, that's what, that's what was going on there. So him going upstairs would indicate that the young man was alive or improving at the least, but there's no guarantee with Paul. He's kind of a wild card. So he's, he's just got things to say, and he's going to go do it. It says he kept talking. He, after this, he still kept talking until daybreak. And there's a song that comes to mind. Good morning, good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning, good morning to you and you and you and you. Okay. (laughs) Some of you went with me, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Verse 12 says that they were finished. uh, When they were finished, it was time to go home, and Eutychus went home with his family, alive and well. And it says they were greatly comforted, greatly comforted. The word for comforted is the same word that's used of the Holy Spirit, Perakaleo. and And they were encouraged and they were strengthened, the whole gathering, as a result of this incident. It could have been a really terrible thing, but instead, the Holy Spirit brought encouragement and they were strengthened because of it. God actually used it for everyone's benefit. The other word in here that I like, it says they were greatly comforted. Greatly is a Greek uh, Greek word. It's a, actually two words here. Ao metrios. And it means, ao means not or a negative article. So whatever it's about to say, it's not that. And metrios is a small measure or a dedicated amount. So you've got... Not a small amount. They were, and so that's why it's translated in English as greatly encouraged. They weren't just, oh, wow, isn't that neat? Oh, that was pretty cool. Oh, I'm so glad he's still here. They were greatly encouraged. They were in awe of what God had done and, and God did things in their heart that were a big deal. A big deal. Greatly encouraged, not just a little bit. The comfort and encouragement of the Holy Spirit received was something beyond measure. Okay, so this is the story. You can kind of there's images that we've got here of the young man falling out the window. He he dies, and then and then Paul prays for him, and apparently he's okay. And then it's just, but it's all in the context of this long sermon. Long sermon. Can you hear me trying to get through this quick? So that it's not a long sermon. When we study the Bible, it's important to ask questions. You want to ask questions. What is it saying? What is God trying to say? Why is this in the Bible? In uh, in First Timothy, it says uh, that all scriptures God breathed and useful. Right? Okay, so. Why is it in here? So you want to ask. You want to ask questions. This is how we study. We come into a God, what are you talking to me about? What, What does this show me about myself? What does this show me about you? And how I should act. So let's ask some questions. The first one has to do with Eutychus falling out a window. Why? Somebody say why. Why? Did God make Eutychus fall out the window? the third story window? (laughs) Hey, remember the old song? I think it's a scout song. The window, the window, the second story window. Only this is the third story. High, low, low, high, the second story window. I threw it out the window. Okay, all right. It's been a long time since I've sung that one. Uh, No, God did not make Eutychus fall out the window. But that's an important concept, right? Sometimes we think that everything that happens if God's really in control, then God made that happen. No, God does not make evil things happen. He does not bring harm to us. He only brings good. Um, humans have their own messes that they make. We make sad decisions sometimes, like falling asleep in a third-story window. So that's a sad decision, and there's consequences for that, especially if you fall the wrong way. And He did so. There's human stuff going on here, but but we can answer that question and say. No, God did not cause Eutychus to fall out the window because of what we know about God. Eutychus, um, Eutychus made his decisions, and he and it was kind of like a small mistake, too. It wasn't like Eutychus was being a jerk. He wasn't being defiant. He wasn't suffering consequences for, for being a really bad guy. The guy was at church. Like, he, he was at church trying to do the right thing. And then he fell asleep. Um, but sometimes when something like this happens, we want to blame somebody. It's somebody's fault. It's somebody's fault. And we're going to sue them, and we're going to, you know, we got it, it. Our hearts can't rest until we can assign blame and responsibility to somebody. Um, but, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to just be mad at Eutychus for, for doing this? No. So, see, but if, if you have to assign blame to someone, then it's going to be either Eutychus himself for sitting in the windowsill when he was drowsy, or, or let's, let's real talk here. How about Paul for talking too darn long? All right. But we know that God did not make Eutychus fall out the third story window. We can answer that and move on. The next question I have here is, uh, why did Paul go on and on? That's something I ask. I'm I'm reading here, and and it just says, and he kept talking. He went back after the accident, had a meal, and they kept talking. What was going on? Uh, I mean, for real, dude, read the room. (laughs) Like, (laughs) people are dying on the vine here and sleeping through your great content and all the things that are so important for you to say. Uh, Is anybody hearing it? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Some of you, uh, no names, and I'm putting my eyes down so I don't look right at you right now, but some of you are so fortunate that your Sunday morning seat is on ground level (laughs) and not the third story, and that your spouse is there to hold you upright when you start nodding. Also, be grateful that our services are shorter, right? And we have coffee. Like, for real, guys. Okay. This passage reads, like, everybody was planning on being there all day and all night. Like, they came ready. There was food. Everybody was, was in it for the long haul. And it seems that Paul was pressed to say everything on his heart before leaving the next day. That's in verse 7. He was planning on leaving the next day. And so he just had to, had to say all this stuff. But that's a question that I ask when I come to this passage is, come on, man. All right. Well, I guess that explains it. He tried to cram everything on there. Now, if we were trying to cram everything in on a Sunday, uh, we would probably go longer too. But we have next week. We can, be, we can be back next week. And there's even life groups midweek. So, like, we don't have to nail it all right now. Um, okay, all right, so that's that's why he did that. Next question, why, or sorry, what is the end result of the event? What happens at the end? What's the end? I think number one is Luke had a fun story to write. That's good, that's good material right there. That's like he can, and I imagine, and like he wrote it pretty plainly, but if he was telling the story, there was some chuckling going on. There was, dude, you remember the time... <laughs> When this happened. Well done. All right. Anybody else getting close to blackout? You got a... Wow. Some of the adults are feeling a little jealous that they didn't have a chance. No chance. Well done, guys. Keep listening. though. I'm not quite done. I should have saved some of those words for the end. All right. So the first result was Luke had a fun story to write about. The second one is Eutychus was completely restored and he left the same way he came. Maybe a bit more sleepy, but he he was just healthy and fine. And then the third third thing that happened as a result of this was everybody's encouragement. His parents and the whole group at the meeting uh, left that morning, a little after sunrise, um, they left encouraged. They left having experienced something of God, not just hearing all the wonderful things that Paul said, but but somebody who fell out a window and died was still with them and healthy and alive. The Holy Spirit did things as a result of this. So what do we learn about God in this passage? What does this show us about God? Uh, one, he... You can pray it all you want, but the pastor isn't gonna shut up because you pray it. That's one thing we learn. Uh God God is probably not gonna make the pa <laughs> make whoever's speaking uh stop. I I mean, maybe there's things I haven't read about, but here we have Paul and he just goes and goes and goes. is has anybody heard stories about a preacher getting, you know, struck by lightning or you know, God says that's enough, you know. <laughs> What's that? Not yet. yet. (laughs) I don't intend to press that. Uh, There's a first time for everything, I guess. Um, But what we see here is that God is directly involved in our everyday lives. He didn't make the bad stuff happen, but he was there when it did. And he interacted with even the mess and and the, the things and even the the lots of talking, he was was involved in everything. And we see that he will use the bad and the good things that happen in our lives for our good, for our encouragement. It could have been a great night without him falling out the window. Maybe a little less PTSD on the other side. Um, But what happened as a result was God moved in that negative situation and through Paul and actually did good things for the people involved, even when it was something bad that happened. God will use everything in your life for your good. Okay, so we learned that God, God does that. He, he's involved in everything and He can use even the crazy stuff. Now, I've Have you ever had something negative happen to you? Like falling off a roof. I have fallen off a roof. Have you fallen off a roof? A toy house. (laughs) Maybe not a third story, but yep, yep. You fallen out fallen out. Yes, yes, yes. I know. Um we have stuff happen to us. I mean, this is this is life. There's people around. I mean, I don't make perfect decisions all the time, and the results of my actions affect other people, and then there's all these other people making imperfect decisions that affect us. And so there's stuff all over in life, and you have an enemy that doesn't want you to do well. Life is not going to be just one great thing after another. There's going to be negative things. But what Scripture teaches us about God is that he's in the details. He's in the mix. And the things that we will give to him, he can use for your good. Now, for your good doesn't mean uh, you're just going to be... Okay, so so my example, my my falling off a roof... I broke my feet. I broke them real good. And I spent the summer of 96 in a wheelchair. And it, you know, lots of pain. Even now there's a little arthritis when the weather turns. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, some of you are feeling that just by me saying it. Um So, so I can't say that, you know, and but it was a re- a remarkable recovery. Doctors were astounded that I that I could stand and walk and all that. But But God can use these things, um, even if there's scarring, even if there's residual on the physical side, God can work things in our hearts and in the people around us for His good, His good, Uh, for for His glory, our good. Um, Some of those situations, some of the conversations that happened with doctors and nurses and And some of the relationships and the the way that I can relate to people now on the other side of that experience, God makes it, he works it for my good. And good isn't just that I'm perfect physically, good is that I look more like Jesus now. Good is that I know how to be more like Jesus as a result of the, the negative thing that happened that I gave to him and said, Lord, You take this, and then he works in my heart, and he changes my heart through that situation. So a couple final lessons, and we're going to wrap this up. Here we go. Number one, I'm just going to do two. Is that okay? Just two, not three. I usually do three. We're just going to do two. The first one is if you're going to fall out a third-story window, do it where there's believers to pray for you. (laughs) I was going to say do it at church, but insurance says I shouldn't say that. Live life in community. Bad things are going to happen. It's the way life goes. And so when that crazy stuff happens, you want to be living life around believers who can support you and pray for you. And not out on your own where nobody knows you fell. There's, I, I mean, you, we could say the lesson is don't fall asleep in church. We could, but, but we're not going to say that. All right, the second lesson is um, if you're preaching... If you find yourself in this position, try and keep it on the shorter side and try and get to the point. Uh, I know. I know. And that's why we're quitting right now. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the whole thing. It was a long sermon. Um, let's stand together. Let's stand And we will pray and close this out. Lord, thank you for life together. Thank you for bringing us together and for for your word. Thank you for poor Eutychus uh, and and the way that, that his story can speak to us. And Lord, even the negative things that have happened in our life have happened or may happen in the future. We submit these things to you. And, and we, we want you to use them for our good. So we will continue to submit them to you. Where there's hurt or damage, God, we continue to, to lift this to you and ask that you make us look more like Jesus. You change the way we act and think and feel as we keep giving these things to you. God, thank you for church family, Thank you for believers to live life with, and so that when life is crazy, we have those that can hold us up in prayer and minister and bring healing in the ways that, that, uh, that are needed. God, I pray for your grace and your peace to, to cover us through this day, through this, uh, this season here, over the next couple of days. As, as darkness increases, Lord, let your light shine brighter. Even as in that evening, in this passage, there was many lights in the room. Would you let us be lights in the darkness this week? Holy Spirit, we give you our lives, we give you our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As you go this week, would you be full of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the New ways in uh, in more strength and more power even in this Halloween season um, in Jesus name. Amen.